If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Here we find our series verse for the month. Ephesians 3 verse 20, it says this. It says, now all glory to God who is able. Say that with me, God is able. Come on, say it again. God is able. Amen. It says, through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Tonight, we're going to be getting into the supernatural plan of God. Now, I know this word supernatural, you're not going to find it in the Bible. So don't try to look for it because it's not there. And so when we use the word supernatural, we use it in the text of how we view it. Because the power of God is unlike anything that is, that is according to what we see natural-wise here on earth. The power of God is supernatural. It's beyond the natural. The plan of God, once again, is not like our plans. It is beyond our plans. It is supernatural. And so we use this term, although it's not found in the Bible, we use this term supernatural, but what it's, what it's basically describing is the natural moves of God. Because to God, it's just natural. That's how he operates. We may see things as supernatural, but that's just the way God works. The Bible says that his ways are not our ways. His thinking is, is unlike our thinking. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. He doesn't operate the way we operate. And so we use this term during this series but I want you to understand that these things that we are going to be talking about this month are just natural moves of God. It's the way he operates on a daily basis in our lives. It's the way he naturally operates as we read in the Bible. In so many verses, how God, how God moves in a way that blows our minds. We call it supernatural. God just calls it his way of doing things. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. A very familiar portion of scripture here. The Lord tells Jeremiah in 29 11, he says, for I, for I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah. I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans for good. Say, plans for good. Say, and not for evil. To give you a future. Come on, say it. To give you a future. And hope. Amen. Shout it. That's God's plans for your life. He says it's good and it's not evil. You need to remember that, church. We each need to remember that when we find ourselves going through tough times. When you find yourself going through, dif through difficult circumstances in your lives. 
when you guys get bad reports, when you, when you look at your bank account and it's not what you want to see, that money, that money is, is, is colored in red. <laughs> but the Bible says that God's plans for us are good and not of evil. And so what does that mean? That means that we need to trust in him. We need to stay in him, amen? That doesn't mean that you cut and run. It doesn't mean that, you know, when you see these things taking place in your life, you give up on God and say, you know what, this is just not working out. I need to go elsewhere. No, you keep fighting and you keep persevering and you keep seeking God. You keep striving to live a righteous life that pleases God. So what is this plan, this supernatural plan of God? You see, God's supernatural plan for each and every one of us is, is that we would live with him in perfect unity, in harmony for all eternity. Think about it. When God created man and woman, they were in perfect harmony, perfect unity. It was the way God created them. It was, it was, it was what God intended for mankind to experience, is a perfect union with God the Father. And so this is God's supernatural plan. And why is that so supernatural? Well, because his plan for us is, to, is for us to be with him for eternity. Well, we know very well that our bodies don't live forever, right? The Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. So we know that these bodies aren't going to last forever. So God, how do you expect us to live with you forever? Well, that is supernatural. That's where that comes in. Because the natural thing is for us to die, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that nature taking its course? But it is supernatural for us to live forever with God the Father. It is also supernatural to live in perfect unity and harmony. Look around you. There's so many, there's so many uh, uh, things that we see that are, uh, that, that are in discord. So much disagreeances that we have with one another. And to find perfect unity, that's a supernatural thing. It doesn't just happen. But that's God's plan for you and I. That perfect unity that will last forever. God has this supernatural plan, and it's the supernatural plan of redemption. To save the world from the ultimate penalty of sin. We know that we are sinners. We know this. And we know the, the result and consequences of sin. The Bible says that sin separates us from God. Why? Because God is perfect and sin is not. 
Sin means that there is flaws. That we have, that we have, that we have chosen uh, uh, ungodly things. And so sin separates you and I from God. And sin seeks to separate us forever from God. Forever. Because we know what the Bible says about those who choose to live and continue in sin, that they will, that they will see eternal separation from God. See, but you and I are only redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Yes. You see, God has a zero tolerance for sin. But yet in his grace and in his mercy, he is ready and he is waiting to forgive you and I and to restore those who repent. God says, come to me. Come to me and let me forgive you. That's when he, that's when he says, give me your yoke, right? Give me, give me all those things that, you, that you're carrying that have, that have attached itself to your life. You get rid of those things and you walk away as a free man, as a free woman in Christ without carrying those burdens without carrying those chains of bondage, God unlocks those chains and he calls you free. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, in him we have redemption. In who? In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. Check that out. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. To bring unity, say it with me, unity, to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Once again, there it is. God desires unity with his children. This is what he wants, church. This is how he started creation. He loves you. God loves you with an everlasting love, with a love that, that no one here on earth can give you. Nothing compares to the love of God. You're not going to find it elsewhere. That's why so many are searching. So many are searching in people and in things in substances to try to find this satisfaction and fulfillment, but they will never find it. You will never find it in things of the world. You're only gonna find this in God. You only find true fulfillment in God. 
I think of our current housing market that we find ourselves in right now. We see, you know, fixer-uppers going for, you know, just crazy prices. And you think, when people buy these things, you think, well, that's not worth it. What are you doing? You're making a bad decision. See, but these individuals see something different. They see potential. They see value. They see worth. They see it in, they see it in things that you can't see it in. It's the same way God sees you and I, church. We came to God as fixer-uppers. That's what we were. That's exactly what we were. We were fixer-uppers in a housing market that nobody wanted to invest in. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. When you came to Christ, I guarantee you that there was a very limited amount of people, if any, that even wanted to be around you. But God says, you know what? No, 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 no. I see value. I see worth. I see what no one else sees. That even, that even, in, their, even in their current state, when everyone, else sees, when everyone else sees no worth, when everyone else sees a hopeless situation, a lost cause, God decided to invest into you. He invested in your life. And you say, how did he do that? He pursued you. You see, 2,000 years ago, Jesus died for our sins. No one here is 2,000 years old. So this all happened way before our lives. But God still invests in your life right now. He's, every day he invests in you as he continues to forgive you. That's an investment, isn't it? Because if it was something that you didn't want, you would say, you know what? Enough is enough, you're done with. I'm not forgiving you anymore. That's not who God is, though. He continues. He's so gracious, and he's so merciful, and he's so loving. God sees the best in you and I. He sees the best. I love that song. He sees the best in me. Because it's so true. That's who God is. When, every, when, when everyone else can't see anything good in you, God sees the best in you. And he says, man, wow. I can't, I can't wait till they see what I see. He paid the ultimate price for you and I. Look at what Isaiah says that God does for those that come to him. In Isaiah 44, verse 22. He says, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, God says, for I have redeemed you. I have redeemed you. What is he saying? He says, I paid the ultimate price for you. You are mine. You are not the enemy's. I broke those chains. You're free. You are now in my care. 
you are now protected from the accuser. All those things that the enemy is going to try to lie to you with, you haven't changed. There's nothing different about you. You're the same person you were last month. You haven't grown. You haven't matured. You've been saved for three years now. And what has changed in your life? This is what the accuser tells you and I. You're not doing enough. How can you call yourself a Christian? Doesn't that sound like him, that chump? Sounds just like him. But you can't believe those lies. You can't listen, you can't listen to, those, to, those, to those, those thoughts of the enemy that try to pull you away from the goodness of God that try to pull you away from his will. You know it's the enemy when it pulls you away from God. When it gets you to say, you know what, I should stay home from church today. You know that's the enemy. Straight up. We need to be careful. You see, through God's plan for redemption, hope is gained in our life. We have hope in, in God. Hope in his, in his redemption plan for our lives. The Bible says that those whose hope is in the Lord will have renewed strength. How many of you want renewed strength here tonight? The Bible says that you will soar like eagles. The Bible says that you will, you will run and not grow weary. Man, I'm telling you right now, I'm ready. I'm ready. The Bible says that you will walk and not faint. Amen? Those whose hope is in the Lord. Is your hope in the Lord tonight? Amen. During these times of uncertainties all around us, during these times of instabilities, your hope needs to be in the God of Abraham, the God of Moses, the God of Noah, the God of Daniel, the God of Joseph, the God of Elijah, the God of Paul, the God of Isaac. Your hope needs to be in the God that has done all these things for all these men and women in the Bible and is doing the same thing for you. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is none like him. There is none like him. You're not going to find it anywhere. And all he wants with you is unity. That's it. He just says, I want a relationship. That's my plan. He says, my plan is a plan of redemption. It's to keep you from being eternally separated from me. See, his plan, as we see in Romans 12, too, continues here, and it says, don't live the way this world lives. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. Then you will be able to test what God wants for you. 
says, and you will agree that he, that what he wants is right. His plan is good and pleasing and perfect. See, church, tonight, God's plan is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. That's what he wants you and I to know tonight. See, the pinnacle of creation was human life. It was the pinnacle. The Bible talks about when God created light. When God, when God created the seas and he created the sky and he created the, the sun, the stars, the moon, he created the animals. He created all these things and the Bible says that God looked out and he saw that it was good. And then God created man and woman and they were in perfect unity with God and with each other. And the Bible says that after he created man, he looked out. The Bible says that he saw that it was very good. See, there's a distinction there that the, that the Bible, that God seeks for us to understand that yes, all those other things were good. The lights. I mean, no, the light is good, right? Light is good. We have, we can, you can see me right now because of the light. You can see each other. You can read your Bible because of the light. And the sea and the sky and the sun and the moon and the stars and the animals, all these things that God created, he said it was good. But he created man and he said it is very good. This unity is very good. I've just created children. This is very good. I love what I'm seeing. And this is how we must look at what God allows us to go through in our lives. Why? Well, because if you truly know God, then you know that he works everything for our good. You know that he is doing something special in our lives. So you and I must trust his plan. Why? Because his plan is good. See, God has good and pleasing and perfect plans for his children. He wants us to be transformed and renewed in our minds. See, not only is this plan good, but it is also pleasing. What does that mean for you and I? That means that it is satisfying. It is satisfying. How many of you had a plate of food that was satisfying? How many of you haven't had dinner yet? <laughs> And you get that plate of food, and even the presentation looks good. You got all these, you know, different colors on this plate, and the smell, the aroma. You already know it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing. And then you bite into it, and sure enough, it's everything that you expected. It was satisfying. It was pleasing. 
You were hungry, and it was exactly what you needed. Well, that's the way God's plans are for our lives. It's exactly what you needed. Even though it may have seemed like if God made a mistake, God knew exactly what you needed in your life. God knows exactly what he's doing. Why? Because his, his plans are, are pleasing for you and I. His plans, they develop maturity in you and I. If we allow God to complete what he has begun in our lives, and we submit unto him, we will grow in maturity in the Lord. And his plans are also perfect. I mean, what more can I say? The Bible says his plans are, are, are good and pleasing and perfect. What does perfect mean? Perfect means without error, right? Without flaw. I think of a perfect pitched game in baseball. How amazing and how difficult that must be to throw a perfect game. That means that the other team has no runs, no hits, no walks, no one, no one gets on base. For the entire game, it's amazing. It's a perfect game. I think of the 2007 Patriots for all you Tom Brady fans. They had a perfect season. All the way to the Super Bowl, they did not lose a game in the whole season, and they lost the game that mattered. Can you imagine? Well, there's some clapping. Wow. That's harsh. Whew. <laughs> Can you imagine how that must have felt to have a perfect season and then lose the one that matters? You see, you think of perfect games and you think of perfect seasons. Well, God does everything perfect. <laughs> Put that into perspective. Everything God does, everything he puts his hands to, every work that he performs, everything that he creates. Look around you. You're part of God's creation. Everything God does is perfect. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe that? All those circumstances in your lives, let's go a little further. All those trials that you go through, all those people that you have to deal with on a daily. God's plans are perfect. His ways are perfect. He knows exactly what he's doing. It says it all. He's perfect. The prophet Micah writes in Micah 5, verse 2. says, O Bethlehem, you are but a small Judean village, yet you will be the birthplace of my king who is alive from everlasting ages past. You see, 700 years before Jesus walked the face of this earth, the prophet Micah 
prophesied that Bethlehem would be the birthplace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says this. It says, At the time the emperor Augustus, Caesar, ordered a census of the Roman Empire. Verse 3, it says, All the people went to register in the cities where their ancestors had lived. So Joseph, so Joseph went from Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a, to a Judean, Judean city called Bethlehem. Joseph, a descendant of King David, went to Bethlehem because David had been born there. Joseph went there to register with Mary. She had been promised to him in marriage and was pregnant. While they were in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to have her child. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there wasn't any room for them in the inn. You see, what's, what's taking place here was Caesar was taking up a census for reasons of collecting taxes from everyone. And so he had this census that he, that he uh, uh, had the Roman Empire all be a part of. And so you had to go back to the place of your ancestors. And so Joseph, being lineage of King David, had to go back to Bethlehem where King David was born. We know the rest that his pregnant fiance, Mary, gave birth to our Lord Jesus Christ there in Bethlehem. See, but what is amazing, what is amazing is how this came to be. Because Joseph and Mary had to travel 80 miles, approximately 80 miles, 8-0, to get to Bethlehem from where they were in order to be a part of this census that was ordered by Caesar. There were no cars back then. You had to get there either by foot or by an animal, you know, a donkey or such. So who knows how they traveled there, but it was 80 miles and she was pregnant. Can you imagine this? I just want you to picture this. Those women that have had babies here. Because I'm sure it'll, it'll mean the most to you. Us guys, you know, we, we don't know how it was. <laughs> we heard. <laughs> we were with you, but we don't know the pain. And she was pregnant and she traveled 80 miles, possibly by foot. And in Bethlehem, Jesus was born. But it all took place because Caesar ordered this census to take place. Little did Caesar know that regardless of his intentions of ordering this census, because it was for purposes of collecting taxes from people, regardless of his intentions, he was just part of the supernatural plan of God that he had no clue about. You have to understand this. This is the way God operates. See, because Joseph and Mary were just being obedient. And they traveled 80 miles in obedience to pay their taxes. How many of you would travel 80 miles to pay your taxes on foot? <laughs> Say, no way. I'm skipping this year. <laughs> they did it in obedience. But this is the plan of God because God 
it, through, through the prophet Micah 700 years before had prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And because Caesar did what he did, guess what? Joseph and Mary now traveled to Bethlehem, took this long trek just to pay their taxes, and now Jesus is born in Bethlehem, fulfilling prophecy. There's a lot to be learned here. One of those things that I want you to learn tonight is obedience. Joseph was obedient to those in authority over him. Obedient to God's plan. He might not have fully understood what was going to happen. Why do we have to travel there? My, my, my fiance is pregnant. Virgin birth. She's going to give birth to our Lord. Why do we need to travel this far, Lord? But it was in obedience, in his obedience, that we see prophecy fulfilled. And it's no different in our lives. God is doing great things in our lives. And we may not know why. We may not know the reason for the things that are taking place and that God is allowing in our lives. But we just need to be obedient. You just need to trust God. You just need to put your trust in him and say, God, I don't know why this is happening, but I'm putting my trust in you. I'm putting my trust in you, Lord, because I know that you will not fail me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my trust in something that I know is perfect. Something that I know is good and pleasing. And that is your plan, Lord. I'm going to be obedient to you, to what you have called me to do, and I know that you're going to bless that obedience. See, and lastly here is that his supernatural plan cannot be changed. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You see, church, when you and I were lost in our sin, God was still faithful to you. He was still faithful. You say, how? He was pursuing you. <laughs> he was still seeking after you, even in your sin. Even in your separation from him, God sought you. As you ran from him, God ran toward you. He was still faithful, church. Now, if he was faithful while you were in sin, oh man, you gotta catch this. If he was faithful while you were in your sin, man, how do you think God feels about you right now that you are serving him? How do you think, how do you think God feels about you right now that you are his children? That you have made a decision to follow him. It doesn't mean that he's going to love you more because there is no more of God's love. He just loves you. God's love is God's love. There's one level of God's love, and it is unconditional. 
but the blessings of God in your life. Those come to the godly. The blessings of God come to his children. Those who are faithful to him. As the worship team comes forward this evening, You see, the fact that nothing can change the supernatural plan of God for our lives, it needs to bring you and I security. Security in our lives. That God, I trust in your supernatural plan. I know your supernatural plan is a plan of redemption. It's a plan to redeem us to redeem me from the sin that I was living in, the life that was leading toward eternal separation from you. And your plan of redemption is that I would live forever with you. God, I know your supernatural plan, and I trust it. Lord, I put my hope in it. I put my hope in your plan, Lord, that my strength will be renewed, that at the right time, you will give me whatever I need to persevere. You will equip me with every resource, with every tool necessary to be victorious. Lord, you will give me wisdom Lord, you will give me knowledge. You will give me insight. Lord, you will give me discernment. Not only in leading my life, but in leading others. Lord, I believe you will do this for me. Lord, I trust in your plan. Church, you gotta trust in God's plan. You gotta trust in God's plan. Because his plan for you is good. Not only is it good, but it's pleasing, it's satisfying. It's exactly what you need. And if that wasn't enough, if being good and completely satisfying isn't enough, his will for you is perfect. Oh, it's perfect. It's flawless. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through any, through any difficulties in your life. But it does mean that you will have a, a father. Mm. You're going to have a father who is always going to be by your side. Maybe that father you never had. God wants to be that for you. That father you longed for as a child. God says, let me be that father for you. Let me fill all those voids in your life. Let me fix and mend all those hurts and pains 
Let me do that for you. Because I'm not just a good father, but a perfect father. And all my ways are perfect. Everything I do is perfect. Me creating you, God says, was perfect. It was perfect. See, you and I are secure in the hands of the Almighty. We're secure, church. God's plan for your life. Nothing can change it. No one can stop it. It's going to take place. It's going to take place. His plan of redemption, it's going to take place in our lives. And if you choose to, you are going to live with God the Father forever and ever and ever and ever for eternity. And we need to give God praise. Amen. Let's give God praise tonight. Let's give him praise. Give him praise like you mean it. Give him praise like you love him. Give him praise like, you, like you're so appreciative of everything he's done for you. Give him praise like he has been a perfect father in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, it is you. It is you, Lord. It's always been you, Lord. And it'll always be about you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, strongholds broken tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray that hearts would be softened tonight in the name of Jesus. Lord, to your will and to your plan, Lord. Hallelujah. Church, God is doing great things. He's doing great things. And you're right where God wants you to be. That's what's amazing about it is you're right where God wants you to be. Even with, the, even with the day that you had today, you're right where God wants you to be. Amen. Let's all bow our heads tonight.